Today I'd like to do something a little different. I hope that you'll come along for the ride with us. Um, do you remember when Jesus uh, entered the temple and he, and he drove out all those money changers? Do you remember what he said? He said, it is written, my house will be called what? A house of prayer. Uh, notice he didn't call it a house of teaching. He didn't call it um, a house of healing. Jesus did a lot of healing and a lot of teaching. Uh, he didn't call it a house of fellowship, even though the temple was a major gathering space. He called it one thing, a house of prayer for all nations. And, and I find that pretty convicting because there's a lot of things that we do in church, and they're good things, by the way. But sometimes the thing that Jesus said was the main thing becomes a little bit of an afterthought. I know I've said this before, but if, if you were to do this little thought experiment with me and ask yourself, what if Jesus told me today that every prayer you prayed last week, I was going to answer? Every prayer you prayed last week. And it makes me wonder, would there be any new people in the kingdom because of my prayers? Would there be anybody who would have been healed because of my prayers? Would anything be different? I have this suspicion that we don't pray more, especially in Canada, because we think we're sufficient in ourselves. Um, that's kind of what prayer is, right? It's an acknowledged helplessness. And maybe you struggle with this thought. Maybe you are exploring faith and you've had this suspicion. I know I have. Uh, and it goes a little something like this. Why do we even have to pray when an all-knowing God already knows our prayers? Um, when this concept sort of dawned on me as a kid, I went through this season of bedtime prayers that was sort of like this. Uh, God, you know everything, so amen. You know, mission accomplished. And I think even as an 11-year-old, I, I thought, mm, that's kind of cheating. So why do we pray? Well, first and obviously, because Jesus invites us and commands us to pray. Jesus tells this great story in Luke 18 about a persistent widow, and she's pestering a judge for justice. And he's encouraging us in this story to pray and not give up. And uh, we don't I mean, I mean, we're not informing God of anything that he doesn't already know, but really we're declaring that it's from him that we find our answers, that we find our hope, that we find our expectation. And by the way, don't worry about asking God for small things because to God, they're all small things. Uh, COVID is small. Our crisis is small. And prayer is, in many ways, this unfathomable mystery. And yet, it's, it's God's method, God's chosen way to enact change in the world. So it keeps us humbled. It puts us on our knees. It reminds us of, of who God is and who we are. It reveals his power, his sovereignty. Secondly, in his grace, God chooses to honor our obedience. Um, you can be governed by logic and say, you know, 
Since he knows our need, there's no need for us to pray. I'm sorry, God doesn't honor your logic. He honors your obedience. And James, the brother of Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. Now, uh, maybe the cynical among you is going to say, your answered prayer is just a coincidence. I like how Charles Spurgeon used to put it. He'd say, you know, when I don't pray, coincidences don't happen. And when I do pray, coincidences happen. Thirdly, God knows our prayer, uh, but I believe he dignifies us by letting our prayer actually make a difference. Um, Prayer really does change things. And in his grace, prayer allows us to take a role in actually changing things. What a privilege, right? Just absolute grace. Lastly, and again, I, I don't presume to know or understand God's ways, but for whatever reason, God promises to answer prayer, not when we sit on the sidelines, but when we actually pray. And so that means he will act when we pray. And it also means he will not act until we pray. So don't be too proud, too busy to pray. Never forget it's, it's we who need prayer, not God. Last week in our study on the Sermon on the Mount, we started looking at the kind of rightly motivated prayer that pleases God. Next week, we're going to have a very special guest dig into the most famous prayer that Jesus ever prayed, the one that Jesus modeled us to pray. And so I'm challenged by this idea. Uh, The lessons Jesus gave his followers on prayer are, are many, but they are learned mostly by actually praying, not by reading a textbook about prayer, not by listening to a sermon on the subject of prayer, but by actually praying. And so that's all the teaching for this morning, right now. And the rest of our time is actually going to be spent responding in worship and in prayer. We're actually going to practice prayer this morning. Would it be better if we were all in person? Yeah, I I think, I think, like most things, it probably would. But these prayers have actually been designed that you can participate at home. If you're in a room full of people right now, um, nothing we ask of you is going to embarrass you. You can engage under your breath, for instance, uh, with your eyes closed at times. If you're alone watching this, you know, maybe you feel a little more freedom to respond out loud, to, to choose a different posture of prayer, maybe. There are different ways to pray, and this morning we're going to mix it up a bit. We're going to ask you not to watch us pray, but to actually pray along. And uh, who knows, this, this recording, this podcast um, may be a resource for you in the future of adding prayers to your prayer toolbox. I I hope that it will spur on your own creativity and enliven your own prayer life. That would be amazing if God would even use this time to help um, build that prayer muscle. So we're going to have people 
monitoring our Facebook and YouTube comments. If you want to share your own prayer or verse or encouragement, um, you can text us directly at uh, 905-898-1140 as a, as a way to utilize our virtual open mic. We encourage you to make this interactive. Okay, phew, that's been said. Let's begin. Um, this is a prayer leading into silence. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You are busy. You are anxious this morning. Be still and know that I am God. You know, we like to cram our church services with a little bit of everything. And I, for one, kind of hate it when there's something called dead air, right? When, when nothing's happening, there's no music playing. It says more about me, actually. Well, I'd like us to purposely now, intentionally, be still and know that he is God. There's this great author, Ruth Haley Barton, and she has a spiritual director who challenged her when she realized how disjointed Ruth's life really was. And, and here's what she said to her. She said, Ruth, your life is kind of like a, a, a jar of river water, okay? And it's all shaken up. And what you need is to sit long enough for the sediment to settle and for the water to become clear. And so we're gonna take exactly 90 seconds right now to simply be still and know that he is God. For some of you, you're going to be amazed how long 90 seconds feels with nothing, just in quiet. For some of you, this will be the only 90 seconds of quiet in your entire week. Stay with this discomfort. Put down your phone, okay? Just be still and know that he is God. Let's begin.
This week in my quiet time, I was reading in John about the woman at the well. And I feel this story leads us right into a time of examining our hearts. Jesus saw right into her soul. He saw her dry and thirsty condition. This is a beautiful Jesus irony because he is at a well with plenty of water and he asks for a drink. But he wants to give her something. He wants to give her living water. He drew her out of her circumstances, knowing full well everything she had done, everywhere she had been, everyone she had been with, and gave her hope in God's gift of salvation for her and for others too. He took the time to let her know that he knew her, that there was no penalty, and he reassured her in those few moments as she listened to him. And then she says to him in John 4, 25, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Well, it's almost like she said, okay, thanks so much, but I'm waiting for the Messiah to come and explain it to me. And then Jesus says to her, I who speak am he. What a gift she was given that day to be in the presence of Christ. Her encounter with Christ then caused her to spill over into her community. And she drew many people together to come to hear what Jesus had to say. And is that the kind of experience that you want to have today that you're looking for with Jesus? Or are you still waiting for Jesus to invite you? Well, do you know that the Christ that brings living water wants to meet with you today, here, in in wherever you are in this space. We want to give you a few minutes throughout the service to get real with him. Just let him see you as you are. Just put down your pretenses and your Sunday best and just connect with him. Let him minister to you with the living water that he offers so freely. Because when you leave his presence, changed by your time with him, it will overflow into the people around you because you are changed. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer of examen. And this is an age-old activity that is just simply a process of asking ourselves some questions and opening ourselves up to let God look into our private selves. It's something that's best done on a regular basis because it helps us to perceive God's presence in all of life. Today, maybe just take time and look at the last week or this weekend and not try and get overwhelmed by too much time. Our goal for this prayer is to bring greater harmony with Christ, to ask Him like the psalmist wrote, seek us and know our heart and to see where God has been moving in our lives. We invite God to reveal where and how we've sinned or stepped out of his will. We can confess and find his generous forgiveness. We can ask for help from the Holy Spirit to look at our attitudes and actions. And every day we have losses and wins. We have the opportunity to let those losses overwhelm us or bring us down. But we also have the opportunity to see the winds and to know where we were close to God and how to draw closer to Him. The conversation is not only about what we've done or what we've not done, but also to pause long enough 
to see what God has been doing all around us. So join me now as I lead you with a time of prayer and reflection. Just linger on the things that are most meaningful to you and make this personal. Just take a few slow, deep breaths as I open in prayer. Become aware that we are in the presence of a holy God, our Savior, the Almighty. Dear Lord, as we begin this time of reflection, we thank you for the gift of another day. Thank you, dear Lord, for your love and support, for courage to face each situation and event in our lives, for your promises today that we can face the things that keep us distanced from you and embrace the things that bring us closer. Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves, so we give you this time now and say, Search us, Lord, and know our hearts. Amen. Ask yourself these questions. In what way did I notice God this weekend? Where did I respond to Him in love, faith, and obedience? When did I resist him or avoid him? When did I feel his presence? Where did I feel he was absent? Where have I failed you this past week, Lord? Pray with me. Dear Lord, I confess to you any and all things that separate me from you. I accept your love and forgiveness in my life and ask you to cleanse me, refresh me, and renew my spirit. Amen. When did I feel most alive and energized this week? Or the most drained or troubled? When did I have the greatest sense of belonging or the least sense of belonging? When was I the most creative or the least creative? When did I feel most myself? And when did I feel least like myself? Pray with me. Lord, you know me so well. You created me with gifts, talents, abilities, desires, relationships, and dreams. Thank you that you walk alongside all of my days. I can always come to you, pause, rest in you, 
and you will receive me as I am. Forgive me, fill me, and love me. Amen. So now reflect for a few moments on how you will structure your day in light of God's presence. And take into account your own rhythms and responses and what was revealed to you in these moments by the Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would seal up this time of reflection, that your mercy and grace would reach each of us in a personal and profound way, that we would continue in your presence this morning with a greater sense of your connectedness to us. I pray we would come to you often and you would meet us each time, no matter where we are in our spiritual journey. Meet us in every circumstance we find ourselves in, and we would get to know you more and more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, one of my favorite passages in scripture is uh, when Lazarus has just died and uh, Jesus, he, he he actually delays going to Lazarus and we don't really get why in the story. If you're before, you're like, why wouldn't you just go and heal him? And he keeps delaying, delaying, delaying. And then Lazarus ends up dying and then a few days pass and then finally Jesus goes and he's met with Lazarus' sister saying, you're too late. You, you missed him. He's, he's gone. You could, have, you could have healed him if you were here, but you missed the chance. And my favorite verse and... <laughs> in this section and some kids favorite verses because it's the shortest one is Jesus wept. It's this beautiful moment of Jesus entering in to our grief, to our mourning. I believe it's more than just a, oh, Jesus wept. I think he very genuinely felt the grief. He felt the pain in that moment because his good friend Lazarus was dead. Now he knew the end of the story. He knew that he was going to raise him and he was going to heal him. He knew that the whole time, but he was still able to enter into our grief. And I think that applies to us today. God sees the end in the beginning. He knows where our end is going to be, but he can still very much enter into our grief in that moment. Look, I, we've all lost a lot, some of us more than others. In this past year, there's, there's grief in normal years. And then this past year, there's grief of lost weddings, lost celebrations, lost birthdays, or drastically changed, lost graduations, uh, lost sports teams and clubs, and lost coming to church together, and the list goes on and on. Financial, health, lost literal lives, whether due to COVID or not. There is a lot of things to be grieving about, but I think it's important to acknowledge our grief and not just to suppress it and sort of bury it and bury it and uh, deal with it later because we never end up dealing with it. And then it's this rotting, decaying thing in the background that just 
consumes and can destroy your life. So again, I know that we're all uh, grieving in some way right now. I, I believe we've all lost something this past year. I'm going to lead us in a prayer of grief. And I, my hope is that you would join with me, whether whatever that looks like where you are. Um, but just open your heart to this prayer of grief and join with me. Our Father in heaven, in this brief moment, we come to thank you that you understand and redeem grief. We thank you that your invitation to come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in time of need is always open. Lord Jesus, you were a man of sorrows and acquitted with grief on earth. So we know you completely understand us and our grief and our sorrows. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us who groans too deep to be uttered and with grief, so, with grief so raw, it screams. How we praise you for that invitation to pour out our hearts, our feelings, our fears, our questions, to not need to edit or perform or even make sense of it, but to come to you. Most of all, we thank you that we find help at your throne in our time of need, we find you. Even as our faith is tested and our ownership of faith itself is challenged, we thank you that the end of grief isn't only comfort, but it's more of you. We thank you that you fill the place of loss with more of yourself. And by faith, we know you are working it for our good and for your glory. Father, in our grief, enable us to lament until we're empty and exhausted and then fill us up with your Holy Spirit that we might offer genuine sacrifices of praise to your glory. Fulfill your greatest purpose and intent in our sorrows. Enable us, even in mystery, to enter into the fellowship of your sufferings and comfort. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Glenn. You know, NAC is part of a larger family of churches called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And uh, we don't talk about that a ton. It's probably on me more than anybody, but I am proud of many of our distinctives. One of them is what we call the fourfold gospel shown in this logo. It, it says that Christ is not only our savior, which I think all Christians would agree with that, but he's also our sanctifier. That, that he does the work of maturing us and discipling us and conforming us closer to the character and image of Christ. He's our coming king, that there will come a day where he's gonna make all things right, he's gonna wipe every tear. And lastly, he's our healer. Jesus is our healer, the same Jesus who miraculously healed everyone who was brought to him 2,000 years ago, that same Jesus heals today in 2021. Praise God. But um, again, as I mentioned off the top, he invites us to be part of the process. He wants us to pray. He wants us to not give up in praying, even if it seems like he's not answering the way we'd like or in the time frame that we'd like. And I discovered something this week. Um, You know, Jesus tells the story of the persistent widow uh, telling us not to give up in prayer. He tells another parable about somebody knocking on a neighbor's door late at night to borrow bread for a a coming guest. And the neighbor doesn't want to get out of bed. But the parable ends by saying, because of their persistence, he'll get up and he'll help that neighbor. Now, this is not a parable about God's response as unwilling, um, because he's not unwilling. 
This is a parable about us, our prayer to be persistent. And I I found out the word persistent uh, is also translated from the Hebrew as shamelessness. I love that. This is this is not a compliment in most circles. Like, oh, that guy has no shame. Um, but it really spoke to me this week. It challenged me. It might be um, that we would be more shameless in our asking. In the same way, you remember when it says that David was undignified in the way he worshiped and danced before the Lord. I think God would be pleased with our boldness, with our impudence, our our shamelessness in asking and re-asking for healing. Don't give up, church. Don't give up. I'm going to put up some pictures of some of our church family who need a, a supernatural touch from God. And I'm going to ask that you would just, from home, add your agreement. Uh, whether out loud or under your breath, um, that you would ask God for healing for these folks. And I apologize in advance for the, for the people I'm likely to miss. I'm, I'm grateful that God doesn't miss a single one though. So join with me, would you? For Melissa Adzinga, uh, Lord, you know the kind of pain that Melissa has been in for too long now, a, a pain that she has been experiencing and may be experiencing even now as we pray. Um, I want to thank you that answers and diagnosis are, are coming into clarity. But Lord, we are desperate for you to heal Melissa. Even now, Lord, we are desperate the way she is desperate, the way Mike is desperate. Much has been robbed of her during this illness. Lord, restore that time. May her teaching, her worship leading, her marriage be more fruitful than ever. You've healed her before, Lord. So we say in faith, do it again. Do it again, Jesus. Do it again. Lord, for Linda Hearn, our our sister Linda has endured this too long. And we persistently, shamelessly beg you for her healing the kind of of long-term suffering that Linda has faced, that Byron has watched his wife try to cope with. It needs to end, Lord. And I think of the story of the woman afflicted with with bleeding. She'd been to every doctor. She'd probably been told that there's nothing we can do about it. You're going to just have to live with it. But instead, she reached out to Jesus, touched the hem of his garment and was healed. And Lord, if Linda could just touch the hem of your garment. We know she'd be healed today. We ask it in your name. Lord, for Mike Dara, Mike who has faced all kinds of bad news, diagnosis that don't seem to have solutions, a prognosis that doesn't give much hope. Mike has been a pastor, a counselor, a source of hope to so many who are sick and hurting. And now, Lord, I would ask that you would pastor the pastor today, that you would counsel the counselor, that you would encourage the encourager today. Heal the healer, Lord. Honor his years of service and faithfulness today by answering our prayer. Amen. Amen. Lord, for Paul McLaurin, and I think um, of how you saved his life. You miraculously saved his life. It was like you were saying, I'm not done with you, Paul, yet. There's more to do. You have more people to minister to, more good to be done in the world. And we 
are the witnesses of that miracle in his life, Lord. And yet still the aftermath of that fall continues to plague his body. The pain comes and it's unbearable at times. And Lord, we ask that you would deliver him from every side effect, every emotional effect, every internal bruise, every damage done, and we will glorify your name as a result. We prayed in faith, Lord. Lord, for Andrew Clouck, Lord, our, our desperate prayers from a couple years ago, you remember, you know it was our desire to have had Andrew just healed in that moment on that hospital bed. And you have chosen not to work in that way. And yet we hear stories of progress, stories of movement that weren't happening two years ago. Some thought that would never happen. So I pray in, in boldness, Lord, keep healing Andrew. You're not done yet, Lord. Encourage his mind and his emotions and his spirit. Even now, Lord, encourage Amanda and those beautiful girls. We will not stop praying, Lord. Don't you stop healing. Lord, I think of my sister, Cheryl, Cheryl Sajnani who's experiencing something called MTD affecting her throat, her voice, her speaking, her joy. I thank you for the gift of faith you've given her when she can honestly say, I know God will heal me. So honor her faith today, Lord, touch her voice, loosen the tightness in her muscles. In a very real way, we pray that it would be loosened in heaven as it is on earth. In Jesus' name. Lord, for Carol Robinson facing a battery of, of treatment after a biopsy that revealed cancer, we thank you for all kinds of medical processes that have a good probability of success. We, we don't discount science or medicine. We see them as a gift from you. But ultimately, our hope is not in those things. It's in the creator of science, the creator of medicine, of, of doctors themselves. So we ask, Lord, however you choose to do it, heal Carol fully and completely. May, may this grueling month of daily treatment, may she know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are tangibly with her. You are for her. You have a good plan for her. In Jesus' name. Lord, for Christine Hunt this morning, who's experienced all kinds of mysterious pain and fatigue, we ask, Lord, that you would touch her body. One of the hardest times in someone's life is the not knowing, the time where we don't have a clear diagnosis. The mind can go to the worst possible scenarios. So, Lord, today, fill her mind, even now, with peace, a peace that passes all understanding. Fill her with calm and clarity and faith, and Lord, heal her, I pray. Heal her of this pain. You can do it, Lord. And Lord, each of us has someone in our life, um, someone at NAC who I've forgotten, uh, someone who needs Christ, their healer, to come touch their body. And so as we pray, just bring them to our mind even now. I think of Amanda, uh, Jeff's Ryland, uh, 
We pray for them. We thank you that, that even if Jonathan forgets, you will not forget them, Lord. You are close to the hurting. You have compassion on the sick. You want them to be well. We know that, that, that as we are praying, um, you long to heal our friend, our family member. May it be a witness to your goodness. May it be a witness to doctors and nurses, to the unsaved, that our God is a healing God, a living God, a resurrected God. You are here in our midst, changing hearts, changing bodies, making a difference. You're a way maker, God. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. For this prayer, if you have a pen and paper, it may really help you. Um, often our prayers are like monologues, if I'm honest. Most of our prayers are that way, where I'm learning, though, to communicate as a two-way street. And too often, I think we abruptly hang up the prayer phone, so to speak, with a quick amen. As soon as we've, we've got everything off our chest, can you picture God sort of sitting on the other end of that prayer line saying, but you never gave me a chance to get a word in. This may be new for some of you. This may be risky for some of you, but I'm going to ask you to just try this form of listening prayer to see if you can hear the voice of our shepherd, Jesus. I'm guessing you will not hear the audible voice of Jesus this morning. That that would certainly remove all doubt, but apart from speaking through his word, uh, the Bible, I have found God most speaks through impressions, through uh, a thought that's sort of implanted in our brain, a picture, a metaphor comes to mind. And the more you do this, the more you start to recognize that that didn't come from you. You start to recognize the voice of the good shepherd. Now, if you try this with me and think, I can't tell if this is me or God. Um, one clue might be that if the thought causes shame or judgment or fear, it's not biblical. Uh, it's not from God. So you dismiss that thought, you release that thought. If it comes to mind and it's affirming and it's wise, it's a scriptural, it's loving, chances are that is Christ in you uh, speaking to you. And I've always thought that even if that encouraging message uh, or that conviction of sin, that thing that I need to confess, if it actually isn't Jesus talking, I can still be grateful that it's coming to mind anyways. It's a win-win. But I suspect it's from Jesus. So can we just practice now hearing the voice of God, letting Jesus speak, and maybe even want to close your eyes Maybe you just want to listen to my voice as you allow me to kind of guide us through this. Maybe you'd even want to just take three short breaths in, one long breath out. We're just going to relax. Now, just in the quiet, we just ask God, would you reveal something that we are anxious about, something that we're worried about, maybe something that's even causing you to lose sleep. What comes to mind? 
Maybe you want to even just write that down. Now that you've acknowledged it, just release it back to God. Even say those words, I release this worry to you, Lord. I give this issue to you, Jesus. And ask him to bring peace into that place. Just take a moment to do that. God, that we can cast our anxiety upon you because you care for us. We receive your peace in Jesus' name. Scripture says we should enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. So would you ask Jesus now just to remind you of a special time, maybe a time that you felt really close to him or the moment you were saved, or maybe it's a special place, a geographical place, a place in nature that's sort of sacred to you. Maybe someone who is really special to you, who exemplifies Christ to you. As that memory comes to mind, just write that down. And just ask Jesus, Lord, why is that meaningful? to me. What is it about that that is so special? Will you just take a moment to do that? Maybe as you're jotting stuff down, that good memory, you would just take a moment to really thank God from your heart and let them know the gratitude you have for that person, that place, that memory. Okay, now from that place of stillness, of peace, from that place of gratitude, find that's often the place that Jesus wants to speak to us and this may feel weird to you but just under your breath or maybe out loud literally ask Jesus is there anything Jesus that you want me to know today is there anything you want to say to me maybe as it relates to that memory maybe you'd even ask Jesus Jesus, what do you think of me? What do you like about me, Jesus? What comes to mind? Don't dismiss it. Receive it. Maybe some of you are experiencing a blockage right now, a wall. You're not getting anything. I'd say even lean into that. Jesus, why does it seem I'm getting a blockage here? Why am I getting nothing? Maybe something will come to mind. Maybe a time where it seemed he spoke, but you didn't listen or obey. 
Ask him why that wall is there, that blockage is there. Just write down what's coming to mind right now. Lord, thank you that you communicate with us. You foster intimacy with us. Thank you for Jeremiah 33.3. It's the phone number of God. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I'm believing in faith today, Jesus, that you spoke to some people today. Um, I would say, folks, if you even feel comfortable sharing with me via email or even in the comments, I would love to be encouraged about maybe a, a personal message that you receive from God. I'd also encourage you not to look at this as a one-off, but rather as a prayer that can be incorporated into your, into your weekly life. Include him in your decisions and your emotions and your vocation. Spirit of the living God, speak to us, we pray. want to close our time today with an increasingly underutilized prayer. It's a powerful one. It's the blessing. Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so Christian this morning, uh, don't underestimate the power of a blessing. Blessing your children, blessing your spouse, your co-workers. It, it doesn't need to sound all King Jamesy either. It's just um, it could change someone's week, though. I, I don't know if some of you got in the post office uh, uh, a free postcard, a stamped postcard from, from Post uh, Canada. And the idea was that we are to use it to encourage somebody. So, like, even the secular world gets that we need to be blessed. We need to be encouraged. Um, I'd say use that. Bless someone in Jesus' name. There's power in it. Now, as your pastor, I would like to bless you before we close. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bless you, good people of Newmarket Alliance Church, with the promises of God, which are yes and amen. May the Holy Spirit make you healthy and strong in mind, body, and spirit to move in faith and expectancy. May God's angels be with you to protect you and keep you. Be blessed with supernatural strength to turn your eyes from foolish, worthless, and evil things and to shut out the demeaning and the negative. Instead, may you behold the beauty of things that God has planned for you as you obey his word May God bless your ears to hear the lovely, the uplifting, and the encouraging. May your mind be strong, disciplined, balanced, and faith-filled. May your feet walk in holiness and your steps be ordered by the Lord. May your hands be tender and helping, blessing those in need. And may your heart be humble and receptive to one another and to the things of God. God's grace be upon your home, 
that it may be a sanctuary of rest and renewal, a haven of peace, where sounds of laughter and joy grace its walls, where love and acceptance of one another is the rule. May God give you the spiritual strength to overcome the evil one. May God's grace be upon you to fulfill your dreams. May goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious towards you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.